I am Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And we're paranormal specialists who live in the most haunted city on earth, Savannah, Georgia. Every day is Halloween in our line of work, so join us as we spin true tales of haunts, murders, and disturbing Savannah history. I'm Madison. I'm Chris. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the most haunted city on earth. Boom. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the most haunted city on earth. My name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie, and I'm Billy Bob. Oh That's God, not true at all. What what name are you going to come up with the next episode? Every episode you're changing a little bit. You have more. to tune in and find out. Okay, well there he goes. He's Billy Bob now. Billy Bob. Billy Bob. All right. Billy Bob. Yes. Eni has joined us on the live stream. That's always very exciting. That is exciting. always very fun. Yes. Yes. For those of you who are watching or listening to this episode um, when it's officially posted, we are now live streaming the episodes as we film them, which is yep, really yep, fun. Yep, yep, yep. So definitely, if you enjoy that sort of thing, come check it out. Parajunkies, of course, get their own personal live streams and things like mm -hmm. that when we do uh, investigations out in the wild or we do mobile podcasts or, or just special events or special events. Yeah. Like um, when we were filming our short film, actually, we just filmed a Parajunkies story. Um, yes. about the woman with the mismatched fingers, which was a ghost male. And we turned it into a short horror movie. It's absolutely frightening. And um, so when we were filming it, we did a live stream of the behind the scenes while we were actually filming in Chris's house. So mm -hmm. there you go. Yes, and here is the trailer. She needs to be in a hospital, Paul. What she needs is family. It's gotten so much worse than last year, Paul. I stood strong when she lost her job. I mean, I got her every appointment. I picked her up every drug. I made sure she took her own schedule. Nothing worked. I'm divorcing her. I'm done. I've had the same dream the last three nights. It starts with me sleeping. And then I hear three knocks at the front door. Each finger on that hand is an abnormal length. Today we are going to do some ghost mails. Ghost mail. You've got ghost, ghost mail. Yes. So let's go ahead and jump on in. So just real fast, just on the uh, the woman with mismatched fingers. Um, thank you so much, Mindy, for sending that ghost mail in. It was like one of the scariest that we've ever read, and that's why we made it into a short film. We are going to be doing that more. It went really, really well. We built a wonderful team that all worked together to make a super creepy movie and yes we will be making more ghost mail into uh films we already have like a, a little list of ones we're gonna we're gonna make so send in your ghost mail and um yeah as long as you give us the story rights we will absolutely 100 percent uh make it so yeah absolutely back then so. Wait, real fast. Angelina wants to know um, who's that in the picture behind you, Madison? So, um, this is a woman from Washington, Washington Georgia. Georgia. We yeah. don't know her. Um, she was gifted to us. But, but she watches us. She does. Yes. She watches us. Um, it's apparently from a family that's been in Washington, Georgia from a lot for a long time. And when we were there filming, they were like, here, you can have this photo because <laughs> we don't want it anymore. <laughs> yes. And they didn't say why they didn't want it. But um, we now acquired it. And she is creepy. And the scratch marks that you see in it are not from a demon. I promise that it was from a cat, uh, allegedly. Allegedly. Is, is what they said. When they gave it to us. Yes. When no, 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 demons, cats, cats. Take, take, the, take the picture. <laughs> take the photo. And, of course, JT was like, yeah, um, we'll take that. And so now she lives here with us next to Isabel. And what did you name her? I don't know. 
I'm getting I'm Bethany. Isla, I, I'm getting Isla Elise. Isla Elise. Yeah. Oh. And um, <laughs> Alex just asked what about the uh, the second episode of the radio play. Second episode will be coming soon. I'm still writing it. Um, we are it's be so uh, much fun. Yeah. I, the woman with mismatched fingers took uh, a bunch of my creative uh time but i have been um i've been doing that um i've been writing that so we are going to be doing that most likely you'll you'll see that in september yes it's gonna be fun oh yeah so all right ghost mail from david lapointe hello everyone uh, they go by Will. So I don't know who David is, but this is Will. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Will, and I am from a small town in Vermont. I have been listening to you guys for a while now and have decided to finally send in my own story. Awesome. I, yes. Thank you very much for sending. Um, I would like to apologize in advance for how wordy it may get, which is fine. Give us all the details. Honestly, that's an important thing to bring up if you do send a ghost mail in. Give us as many details as you have, because that definitely helps aid. It does help in our discussion of it because if you leave it very vague there's a lot of variables that could happen with paranormal encounters and so when you give us really specific things it helps us gauge more of a feel of what could be going on so i don't mind the wordiness at all so send us your wordiest stories you have bring it <laughs> I would like to preface this story by saying that I have always been someone who does not fully believe in the paranormal, which is a lot of times the that's, case of that's people. That's usually the, uh, the, the, the phrase right before a mind-blowing ghost story. Literally. <laughs> I grew up as a complete horror and true crime junkie, which also goes really hand-in-hand hand with paranormal. I know a lot of paranormal people don't love true crime, and a lot of true crime people don't love paranormal, which is another thing. I'm like, Why? They tend to go hand in hand with situations, but anywho, um, but never, never believed much of it. Uh, this was mainly because I had never seen it for myself and couldn't fully believe in something that I had no true evidence on. Nevertheless, I loved the idea of the paranormal to death and never let my beliefs stop me from consuming what I enjoyed. Also very fair. Mm -hmm. um, since I was not a true believer, paired with my non-existent fear of the dark, I was not scared of many things as a kid. I found myself on many summer nights playing games with my friends in the dark and wandering through the pitch black woods, where any noise I heard didn't scare me, but rather intrigued me. You are braver than I am, Will, I must say. <laughs> You're a horror movie's dream. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> What's that sound? I'll go investigate. Literally. But anyways, with this background, I finally will get to the real story. When I was in eighth grade, I was spending the night at a friend's house after another friend's birthday party. The friend whose birthday it was was a girl from school who I will call O. Many along with my other or me along with my other friend D decided we would spend the night at my friend A's house after the party was over. I will make it known now that I was a very mischievous child. That makes sense since you had literally no fear of anything. Um, <laughs> so uh, I was a very mischievous child. And to say A's mom didn't like me was an understatement. <laughs> that night was uh, we had decided to stay at A's house because all the girls from the party were spending the night at O's house. And we wanted to sneak out and meet them later in the night, as children do. Being that bad influence I was, I formulated a perfect plan that consisted of my friend propping the bulkhead door in the basement open earlier in the day so we could sneak out later that night. We slept in the basement so access to this was easy and you needed a key to open the bulkhead which his parents kept in the kitchen. With my plan in effect, we went to bed around midnight and was a... Uh, and waited till 1 a.m. when we knew his mom was asleep since she was the only other person home and went to bed early. Hmm. Quietly, we snuck through the basement and made our way out of the bulkhead, making sure to prop it back uh, up after we left so we could get back through it later in the night. From there, we went to the girls' house and spent a couple hours in their basement talking to the girls. Eventually, we decided it was time to leave and made our way back to A's house. I set the scene, A lived, or to set the scene, A lived on a mountain road in Vermont. Oh God, I can only imagine where this is going. Yeah. Like, that's like another perfect, consistent story for a horror movie. It was late, the middle of the night in a dark a mountain, mountain road in Vermont. And his closest neighbor was O, who lived a 15 minute walk down the road. 
Needless to say, there was nobody around their house much and definitely no trespassers often. Walking up his long, winding driveway, we made our way around the side of the house where his parents didn't sleep. For reference, his house had a basement, a main floor, a second floor, and an attic-type space. A and his younger brother lived on the second floor while his parents lived in the attic, which was a massive space his dad had, or his dad had turned into an amazing master bedroom. We walked around the side of the house that was opposite of their room, and as we snuck through the yard, we perfectly passed all the motion-activated lights and were almost back to the bulkhead when we heard two of the most distinct knocks coming from the bathroom window on our right. That's also so creepy. Yeah. Just two knocks like that. At least we know it's not a demon because that would be three knocks, right? Not necessarily, but... You know, conceptually, conceptually, yes. But like, that's something I've always found really creepy. And I think it comes from the strangers mostly um, because the I'm not scared of a lot either. Like when it comes to like classic horror stuff or paranormal type stuff, I'm not really afraid of it. And so like watching the strangers, though, that single knock that they do at the door, that's so horrifying because that's, yeah. that's not normal. normal. And so I can imagine that's just like, ugh. You know, just but a two knocks knock. is a little bit more normal. Not right. necessarily. I'd rather hear two knocks than just than a... three knocks because then you know that it's you know trying to make fun of uh, of uh, God. You know, with yeah, the three. Right. Still... and then and then the one knock means I'm here to kill you. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> just that's it. I'll keep that in mind next time I come over. Yeah. <laughs> no. Right? <laughs> so JT and I, when we let each other know, and this comes from my dad, because my dad always would knock on my door, and how I knew it was my dad is because he would knock to jingle bells. Oh, having a... Oh, and nice. so I do that now. And so yeah. like everybody oh, yeah. on our team knows it's me at the door because I knock jingle bells. Mm-hmm. And so... um, Anyways, but... We heard the distinct knocks coming from the bathroom window on our right. All three of us whipped our heads towards the noise and saw nothing as the bathroom light was off and window was pitch black. That's so creepy. All cursing out loud, we sprinted towards the bulkhead wanting to get back to the basement before his mom because this is who we thought was knocking on the window. Right. Makes sense. Logical. So sprinting to the bulkhead, my friend D pulled it open for us to be met with the biggest scare I and most likely all of us has ever encountered. At the bottom of the stairs, down the bulkhead, the basement light was on in the back room the bulkhead opened up into. At the bottom of the stairs where uh, were all three of our sleeping bags, which had been set up in the main part of the Ooh. basement in a line of three. Each sleeping bag ha- was laid out perfectly with a pillow at the end of them. We were terrified, but we went downstairs anyways and shut the bulkhead behind us. Grabbing the sleeping bags, we dragged them back into the main room and were met with another chilling sight. When we left, we had left everything turned on and the lights off uh, as well. In the main room, we found his TV on and the Wii that was connected to it on as well. On the TV screen was the me character creation screen frozen on the part where you name your character. We turned off. That's so weird. That because you have to like go through like yeah, to get to that yeah. you have to flip through that. Whoa! We turned off the TV and we and sat on the couch all terrified. A A eventually went upstairs to check on if his mom was awake, and when he came back, he said uh, he walked all the way to her room and she wasn't awake. The next day, she said nothing of the incident of the incident, which we thought was weird because she was the type of parent to explode at the idea of sneaking out at night. I'm now 22 and freshly graduated out of college. Uh-huh. The reason I thought of this story again was because A and D and I met up the other day for drinks and the story came up. We said how weird it was that his mom had knocked on the window, which was two floors down and across from the house from the bathroom she usually uses. What scares me the most is that A interjected and said since then he has asked her and told her the full story many times in hope that she confesses on trying to scare us. But to this very day, she swears on her life that she never knocked on any window and never knew we snuck out at all. Since then, I've experienced nothing at all. And A has said nothing about any other incidents that has happened in the house. But what do you think could have happened? 
Love you guys so much, and thank you for taking the time to read this. Love from up north. I have. I also have some hometown haunting stories from Vermont. Please send those in. Yes, please. Vermont is insanely haunted. Yes. So let me know. New England, yeah. Exactly. So let me know if you would like to hear those as well. Yes, Yes, please do. do. Thank you, Will, for sending that in. That was so creepy. For Uh, sure. That was that was super creepy. Yeah. Um. Harry Jane said the ghost just wanted to play the Wii. Right? Yeah. Yep. Um, EO Serenity said all the factors are adding up. Willing, curious person, scary house up a road. Attic space sounds like a top rated horror movie in the making. Literally. Yep, yep, yep. I don't think we have an access to a basement in Savannah is the problem. Right. (laughs) The killer Wii. Yes. Yes. And Angelina um, asked a question, and I'll I'll, uh, ask that question to y'all after we discuss this. Okay. Yeah. So basically, I think it was more than likely something was aware that you were up to no good. It could have been a house spirit of sorts that's aware of your presence, has been around you guys, Uh and is just trying to get your attention of being like, hey, maybe you shouldn't sneak out. You know what I mean? That's the vibe I got. I don't feel like it's something super negative. Sure, it's creepy because paranormal encounters in general, especially if you don't encounter them often, are frightening and unnerving. But what it sounded like to me is simply that. It sounded like you have a house spirit in this home who is just aware of like what everybody, everybody's normal routines are, what you're supposed to do. Maybe they were more of a stickler to rules maybe they were a parent themselves and they're like the kids are out in the middle of the night you shouldn't be doing that yeah you know and that's just their way of letting you know that they're aware that you're up to no good but that's just my inkling chris i i have a tendency to believe that we're dealing with um certainly not malevolent oh not at all malevolent but um given the tv the we the sleeping bags those those notions Makes me think that you're you're dealing with somebody who wanted to be included. Oh, interesting. You know, uh, somebody who wanted to play was looking forward to an evening with, with you know life kids. and with yep. kids and 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 maybe a kid itself. You know, yeah. or you know uh, something that had observed you enough to know how to get past. Because you know, uh, most ghosts are not going to be overly tech savvy. So if you're playing a game a lot maybe just simply by observing the playing of the game. So you might be dealing with kind of a lonely ghost. Sure. Like Aww. setting up the game, setting oh, up the sad. things. You know, lonely putting the, the, the bedrolls out and being like, yeah, they're going to be back soon, they're going to be back soon. So it's possible that when you're oh, walking sad. by the, the window, it was like, hey, hey. <laughs> you're back. <laughs> Let's go play Wii. Like, that's probably it, actually. That's actually a really good yeah, concept. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I, I love that. You know, and it's interesting, too, that it was on the part of the me character. Because right. if you remember doing that, like, you would make your character to look like yourself. And I wonder if yeah, they... what was the character? Yeah. I was thinking that, too. I was like, yeah. what did it look like? Yeah, and I wonder if it, like, made it kind of look like what they perceive themselves yeah. to look like. To be like, this is me. It's me. It's me. Like, I'm your friend now. That's so... Honestly, I like your, your theory a lot better, Chris. I'm going to go with that as well. That's... um. That's super interesting. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah. So what was the question? Oh, the question is, uh, Angelina Vito asks, my brother worked in a mortuary and is quite interested in all of this. Do butterflies flutter around the morgue at random? Does it have anything to do with any of this? Butterflies are a classic trope of a spirit being nearby um a lot of you know so oftentimes people who are recently passed will appear as butterflies or um they'll appear to their family members as butterflies it's just a classic trope of rebirth almost Hmm. uh they've entered a new realm basically and so it's their new existence and it's represented through Butterflies. Yes, a lot of people use uh, butterflies as signals from loved ones. Yeah. So um, we, we talk a lot about birds. Right. You know, cardinals. Uh, cardinals and, and showing up as uh, avatars of spirits uh, of the people that, you know, loved us and, and want to, to keep us aware. So uh, 
quick question. Have you seen Haunted Mansion yet? No, I haven't seen one? it yet. I, oh. I was going to re- need... refer to it. Um, oh, we need to there's, see there's, it. There's a great yeah. reference piece, and it, uh, and it works really well with what we, uh, what we talk about a lot. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So um, the idea that a butterfly would be around where um, the body lingers, you know, uh, it's such a strange phenomenon. Um, when, a, when a person dies, the concept of the, the ghost being like the... Um, the pilot of our meat suit, you know, right. <laughs> like being just this thing. Uh, it's, it's a little broken because we actually have so many facets to ourselves and, and you can haunt more than one place. You can be present in lots of places as a single spirit because time doesn't mean anything to the dead and, and, and space doesn't mean anything to the dead. So, you know, you can haunt your childhood home and look like a little boy, or you could, you know, haunt, you know, the last place where you were alive and be the full adult version of you. We've even talked about people who have seen adult versions of children who had died as if the ghost itself had grown into an adult. So there are all kinds of different things, but one of the things that is most noted is that the body will always have a special place for right. the spirit. The spirit will always be anchored to the body, and that's a lot of the reason why graveyards have so many uh, customs attached to it is because yeah. we're trying to make sure that that anchor keeps the spirit happy or keeps it you know, yeah. uh, organized. You know, we, put, we put dead bodies on very comfortable cushions and... In, in, and with satin and all these things because we're trying to create a place where mm-hmm. the spirit isn't at unrest because we're always attached to the body because that's our how we understand the world. Sure. So having so the concept of a butterfly being a um, an avatar for that spirit, it makes sense that it would be where bodies are. Right. You know, where the bodies are. You see, uh, you know, when you see butterflies in graveyard, it's it's supposed to be of significance that that anchor, that tether is still very strong. I want to become a mossy plant of some <laughs> sort. So, All right. Well, thanks for relate. sending that in. Yes, that's super interesting. Yeah. That's a great question. Awesome. All right. So Ashley Swint or Ashley Myerskoff. Um, my name is Ashley Myerskoff. Um, so must have recently got married. Sorry if I read your name and you're like, that's not my name now anymore. Cause like whatever your email name is, I read that first. But anyways, so my name is Ashley Meyer Scott. I am a new para junkie. Yay. Thank Woo. you, Ashley. Yes. Welcome. Welcome. Yes. Welcome, welcome. welcome to the, to the para junkie gang. <laughs> With the para junkie gang. We're going to get some motorcycles. <laughs> We're going to get leather jackets. <laughs> Honestly, we should get jackets. That'd be cool. Oh, that would be so cool yes we should do that okay anyways so also um we should uh never mind i shouldn't say that that should be a surprise for (laughs) yeah for someone certain a certain pair of junkie but anyways okay um 
Love the podcast and would love to share one of my ghost stories with you all. This is a long story, so I apologize in advance. Again, don't apologize for sending details. We, we love details. So on May 1st, 2016, my now husband's roommate and brother-in-law, David, passed away tragically in a motorcycle accident in Sonoya, Georgia. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yep. It's really sad. Um, while driving to meet another close friend to ride their motorcycles together. That's really sad that we just made I jokes just about motorcycles. <laughs> motorcycles and I'm sorry. Whoa, weird. That's okay. weird. That's weird. Okay. Anyways, the events of that day still stick with me so vividly to this day. My husband and I were on our way to a tattoo appointment that we had a month in advance when we received a call from David's friend, who was also a close friend of my husband. He was looking for David because he had not shown up to meet him a few hours after he said that he was on the way. Um, I immediately had a feeling in my gut that something terrible had happened. Mm. I have always been extremely sensitive and my gut feeling about things have always been right. Sometimes I hate that. It's called Claire Cognizance. It's a very, it's a wonderful gift and also a curse and a lot of different people. So I totally understand what you're saying, but we immediately canceled our appointment and turned around and headed back to my husband's rental house. Once we arrived, there was no word from David. On the ride back, I had reached out to anyone who knew that uh, might have heard from him. Everyone had call, tried calling or texting him to ensure that he was okay. We searched the house up and down and there was no sign of him. In our last sweep, when I was moving back towards the living room upstairs from the hallway where the bedrooms were, I saw something out of the corner of my eye in the living room on the couch. I saw him, David. My husband's brother-in-law, my brother-in-law slash roommate, the one we were looking for, he was sitting on the couch in a trance-like state staring at the TV in the living room. Whoa. He never looked at me, never looked away from where the TV sat in the living room. I called my husband because I was so relieved to see him sitting there. He was so solid, so present that I couldn't believe that someone, somehow we missed him in our searching of the house. I turned away to make sure that my husband heard me downstairs in the basement. And when I looked back at the couch, he was no longer there. In that moment, I knew he had passed. Wow. To this day, I was the only one that ever saw him after he passed. I have goosebumps. I have goosies. This is crazy. Yeah. Um, I was the only one that ever saw him after he passed. Hours this, uh, hours after this, he we received the most devastating call from his parents that he was in a motorcycle accident and that he had passed. Very soon after this horrific event, my husband asked me, or asked one of his close friends to move in to help pay the rent so that he could continue living there. Upon moving in, his friend lived in the finished basement space that was previously occupied by David when he lived there. Our friend group all gathered there at the house. We were all in, still in shock. My husband's parents purchased a gift card for Longhorn Steakhouse for us to ensure that through our grief, we were, uh, we were all able to go out together and, ate, and eat because none of us could eat through the stress of losing such a close friend and brother. Yeah. We all went to dinner in about three days after the event. Uh, I never told anyone about my encounter with David on the day that he passed. I was afraid that they would all think I was crazy, which it's not uncommon to see a loved one right after they pass. It's, sure, it's sure. a very common story that people have. So, yeah, but didn't, I, didn't Ashley Werner send in a, a similar yep. ghost mail? Yes. Um, yeah, where where someone was murdered and and she but, yeah and she had saw. a dream about it yeah so yeah it's not uncommon for that to happen but I can understand why people feel like they can't share it because you don't want to sound insensitive but it is a very real experience absolutely so when we all returned to the house after dinner we could hear a loud noise coming from the house my husband entered cautiously and when he opened the door we could all hear music. We all walked in the house with him on edge and we could hear the sound of music. At the time of this event, my husband was a senior advisor for Apple who worked from home. He had two monitors in his house and both of his monitors were on YouTube playing the song Good Good Father by 1000 Father slash Georgie Wilkins at full volume. Hmm. Wow. It rang through the house. Little did we know that this was, in fact, the very song that David's mother would ask my husband, who plays bass, and his friend, who plays drums, to play at the funeral service two days after the events. Whoa. Literally chills. 
chills. Oh my God. That's so Whoa. creepy. That's insane. It all came full circle in the end. None of us could explain how this song was playing from his computer. I have never, I've not seen our friend slash brothers since this incident. At his funeral service, his parents hired a painter that painted during the service. I'm a painter myself, but I could not bring myself to look at what she was painting as my eyes were filled with tears during the entire service. Wow. I did not want to believe that there was even, that we were even there. Celebrating the short life of my friend who passed away too young. David's mother unexpectedly stood up at the end of the service and spoke out after this music and vigil was held for him. She walked over to the painting slash painter and said that she needed to explain this painting that was now completed. She had witnessed this scene before in a dream the night before the service. Mind you, this was a religious service. She explained that the night before she had a dream that her son had met Jesus that, and that she was along for the ride as he met him and explained how he felt that he was not worthy of entering heaven as he had done some things in his past that made him feel inferior. Mm -hmm. Despite those things, Jesus took him on a tour of heaven, standing atop a beautiful waterfall overlooking the most beautiful scenery anyone could ever see were two figures behind beside one another. Chills filled my body. In the things I had seen earlier that week, I was scarce to, uh, to doubt that his mother had seen him as well. Mm. Um, I have never shared this story with anyone. I would love to know your thoughts on the afterlife. And if anyone can come back to let their family know that they have made it into heaven via dreams. I have not seen my dear friend since this event. I would love to believe that he had made it to heaven. Would love to hear your feedback on this very long story. Thank you very much for reading. Um, if you have uh, made it to the end of this, Ashley Myerskaw. Absolutely yeah. fabulous story. Wow. It's, and that's why we say don't skimp on the details because that yeah. is just so unbelievable. You know, it's, um, but it's very, very common to hear, especially shortly after loved ones pass, that they come back in ways to comfort their family members. And especially you hear it a lot when people die unexpectedly or, mm -hmm. you know, uh, it's like the crowning achievement of unfinished business. Exactly. Is letting the people that you love know you're all right or know that you love them. Exactly. And also the reason why I say that, you know, because people will ask, like, how do I see my loved ones? How do I feel them again? Everybody has clear abilities in some ways. It's just some people are more attuned to them. Yeah. And a lot of times your spirits or your family members or whoever it is that are trying to talk to you or contact you are going to come through in ways that they know they're going to actually be seen. So that makes sense why you saw him in person. Like that was going to be the way that they were going to get the most acknowledgement from you versus his mother might have had that experience and not thought anything of it or wouldn't have been able to acknowledge that experience. So they chose to come through in dreams because they knew this is the time that sure. she's going to get the most impact out of this. So I think it's interesting that you each had very different encounters, but they both brought closure in some ways. And that shows that unfinished business was being completed, you know? Um, and also, I think it's really interesting that you brought up when you saw him that he was so solid because I've yeah. also mentioned this before with spirits. I'm like, because people are like, well, what did they look? And I'm like, they all look different. He was a freshly created spirit. So of course he's going to be much more solid. He's, and that's why I say I've been duped sometimes by spirits because I'm like, at first I'm like, oh, that's just a normal person. And then it's not, mm -hmm. you know, because they might've just recently died. They haven't expended all of their energy. They haven't everybody still knows of their existence. They haven't been lost to time. Like a lot of spirits have, mm -hmm. which is when you typically see the more transparency to them, the uh, lack of features, the lack of, you know, certain distinguishing clothing items or whatever it be. So uh, I'm glad you brought up how like realistic it felt and how tangible it felt because it, it can be like that. And especially when it's so recently, Exactly. Deceased. You know, because you, you very likely are encountering the spirit not accepting that it has passed. 
Yeah. It is now operating on, on a sort of shock. Right. Uh, you say that it was sitting dazed, staring, you know, it, it, it made it home. You know, it, it came home. Uh, he came home with that notion of this isn't real. I'm not, you know, right. this, you know, and, and thereby probably burning a lot of his energy on maintaining his solidity. Right. You know, um, that because of, of that time period when you saw him, you're, you, you probably saw him right at the threshold, you know, right, right at the moment, you know, of, of passing that causes that very strong impulse of a spirit. And, uh, and it may have been such a surprise to him mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. he had not fully accepted his fate at that point. Um, so, and, uh, people, communicating ab- about heaven in dreams or, or in mm-hmm. things like that. That is, uh, that is a great comfort to those who are alive. You, um, you see your loved one in heaven or, or you know, being embraced by God or, or in those lights. Um, and it becomes like this very tricky uh, conversation uh, because of the wide breadth of faith and the wide yeah. breadth of, of what it is. But uh, it is my belief that religion, faith, the love that you place in your life, um, you're building your heaven as you live. Sure. You're building it in an expectancy to where you spend eternity. And, um, and you, you have to, you know, uh, contribute in faith and contribute in things. And that, that leads to a lot of doubt that you're going to make it. Right. You know, it, yeah. it leads to a lot of doubt that you're going to be there. So um, those reassurance dreams are oftentimes uh, to, to put at rest the, the angst and the pain is to say, I'm in a better place. I'm, I'm, I'm in that better place. Um, but I think faith builds your heaven and, and you will receive it when you die if you were faithful to that heaven. But in the end, we are uh, immensely powerful beings, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we 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 don't give humanity enough credit for the responsibility for our reality and, our, and the responsibility for what happens next. So, um, so yeah, I think that it's not abnormal to hear the story because I've, I've heard that before. The people who who lost a loved one and and seeing them you know, in, in, in some form of heaven right? and, and, and being given the relief that, that that is what has occurred. That is what's come to pass. So, yeah. I also am a believer in the fact that it's, um, spirits will give us imagery that is easily digestible for us, right. if you will, because I think the concept of eternity or heaven or, wherever you believe that you're going is incomprehensible. 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 Thank you, JT. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, I think it's just not, we're not able to comprehend the vastness of it. And so spirits rely on imagery to kind of give us a taste of what it is, but until you get there, you can't understand. It's right. not meant for us to it's understand. A exactly. And so, um, you know, like imagery, you hear imagery of like the big pearly gates, the waterfalls, the beautiful nature, like all of that. Like, I feel like that's because that's what we know. Yeah. And we can understand that. And we know that's beautiful. So we're like, great, that's what it looks like. But right. I think, you know, when you get there, it's, uh, it's very different, but yeah, it's, it's always strange that we, we, we utilize all of these, um, sensory things, these things that would be comfortable for the body, right? You know, things that would be appealing to the body, but we know full well, the body does not go. We, we, we see the body. So the fact that our heavens and our, and our hells mm-hmm. seem to be about, Oh, they're going to, you know, rend your flesh. It's like, what flesh? It's still here. Right. You know, am I given a new body? What happens? And it's like, well, it's because of our ability to understand our environment. So we create environments that we understand to be pleasing or tormenting. Right. Um, but the, 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 the truth of it is the physicality of any lo- of a location like that is, more a translation of sensation than it is yeah. a, um, a a real estate address. Exactly. So, mm. yeah, it's a it's a very tricky 
you know, understanding of it. And like when people have those experiences, like when people have near death experiences and discuss like what they saw or things like that, it's, it's tricky to decipher because I'm like, who am I to say what you saw isn't reality, Absolutely, you know? And so, uh, but it is a fascinating experience and I'm glad that it brought her peace. Yes. You know, um, to know that like her child is okay because I can only imagine how brutal that must've been, you know? So, um, but thank you for trusting us with that story and uh, allowing us to share it. Um, we also have a couple comments. Uh, Michaela said that it's heartwarming to know, um, that he stuck around to right. let people know he was there. Angelina uh, Vito said, uh, thank you for your insightful explanations in our culture. We prioritize ensuring the comfort of the deceased. Similarly in Indian culture, the practice involves cremating the bodies and dispersing the ashes in a, dis- a distant river. This ritual signifies the strong connection believed to exist between the spirit and body solidifying their faith. Oh yeah, I think it's beautiful. I mean, like when you look into rituals from different cultures, it's, it's always fascinating to see what the priorities are of, and the root of it always is, is they want the deceased to be okay. They, nobody wants the deceased to feel discomfort or, you know, um, any type of torment yeah. and so uh yeah i i would love to actually even do like a whole episode on just funeral funer- practices yeah exactly yeah, i think absolutely. that would be super interesting it is, it is all about trying to navigate the idea of peace right you know and and achieving peace so yes but yeah um so thank this, you this episode is like so deep right? and the next episode is so not is oh. so not Wait, no, no, we can't say it. Okay, we'll cut that, Debria. Cut it. Anyway. Anyway, all right, let's go ahead. Well, they already know it's in the title of the live stream. Is it? Yes. No, it's not. I thought it was. I didn't put it in the, nope. Oh, well. Oh, there we go. Well, now you know. Uh, So anyways. It would mean nothing to a lot of people. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? It's true. Well, anywho, so thank you guys so much for sending in your ghost mail. If you. we have one more. Oh, do we? Yeah, yeah, we have one more, remember? Oh, okay, yep, yep, yep. But yes, thank you for sending in your ghost mails. Yes. Yep, yep. One second. I just got to find it. That's all right. Young. But uh, the next episode is about a cryptid in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. And it recently went, like, I'm not going to say it went viral, but there's been a lot more posts about it. And uh, it's I, because I sent it, I, I tagged y'all, and I was me, like, yeah. what is this? Oh, what yeah, I know. Like, it's, it's, it's. <laughs> It's a lesser known uh, on a on a wide scale. It's a lesser known cryptid, but uh, but locally it is quite celebrated. Cool. Do we do we not have a third one? We have it. It's just the I don't know why. Like the ghosts are messing with this today because like everyone that my phone. Yeah, can I see your phone? Because every single one that I'm clicking on, it won't download the message. It's really so weird. weird. Them ghosts. Ghost, them ghosts, them ghosts, them ghosts. Because we've got a few that are stacked up, and I'm just very yes. confused. So for the for the um, for the pair junkies that remember the Iceland episode <laughs> that I only released on Patreon, and it's still only there. If you want to hear the Iceland episode, you should uh, you should go ahead. It's so unbelievably ridiculous, and uh, yeah, you should if you. <laughs> I feel like this next one is going to be just as ridiculous. Come come, come close. (laughs) Well, it's not going to have nearly the soap opera. Uh. Yeah. All right. You found it? Yes. It's from Lorenzo, actually. Oh, Lorenzo. Because, so Lorenzo, I've had to break up this ghost mail into multiple episodes because he sent like his whole life story um, of paranormal encounters Uh in one email. So there's a lot of... Stories. Okay. Yeah, so, so we we've read, read some of this um, email in particular, but I just wanted to open gotcha. some more Continuing. of the stories. Gotcha. Continuing yes. of Lorenzo's um, ghost encounters. So uh, we'll restart with the the email t- 
top, uh, the intro of all of it that we've read in former mm-hmm. emails, but just so that you know what's going on. So how do you do? Um, <laughs> I figured it was time for this old dog to relay his story. I have yet to share this with anyone. First off, I've attached two videos of my palms in response to the Q&A way back um, in June. Uh, he, he said it was posted on June 2nd, 2023. Uh, we had mentioned that in certain palmistry beliefs that they can tell you what psychic abilities you have. It ha- mm. You can look at witches marks that he sent his palms so we can see his palms. Oh, cool. Um, I am not an expert in palmistry, but I will definitely take a look and I'll give you a message if I, I fi- figure anything. Yeah. Um, because we were talking about like the really long M. Yeah, the M, M and N. Yeah. Um, you know, and all that because that's a clear indicator of if you can see spirits. And I, on both my hands, have very distinct M's, um, which is really interesting and i believe lorenzo also had really distinct Distinct m's Uh, but anyways so we'll start with casper gets me yelled at (laughs) excellent so this one is short but goofy i was working on my homework in my room with my mom making supper in the kitchen and my stepdad watching tv in the living room now please trust me when i say that i am not joking I know I have sounded crazier than a lion doing a handstand. You got to be from Texas. Is yeah, he from Texas know, right? originally? Uh, no. Is, is he from, he's no, from he's, Illinois no. now, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but you got to be from Texas originally. How do you do? And crazier than a lion doing a handstand. It sounds pretty Midwest to me. Midwestern. It doesn't That's sound just, Midwestern yeah, to me. That's really? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyways. Missouri. But I swear that um, to you all that everything I have said and going to say is the truth. It's around 5 p.m. on some weekday. I have an irrelevant YouTube video playing in the background. As I'm working on the homework, a pencil lifts up into the air like some Harry Potter bleep. Um, Got Yeah, sorry, kiddos. (laughs) It flings into the hallway. No joke, it lifts into the air like someone picked it up and it was thrown into the hallway. This is legit a core memory for me. I can imagine, you know, something levitating right in front of you. That sounds like a core memory. Yeah, absolutely. Um, That is really insane. So how do I know it happened? How do I know it happened? My mom yelled, quit throwing stuff. And my stepdad asked, hey, why are you throwing things? Of course, they didn't believe me when I said I didn't do it. So that's first story. Okay. Um, Then he has this titled Current Times, Apartment 31 Introduction. Mm. At this point in my life, I'm 21 with my current age of 22. I'm married with one child. My wife despises everything to do with the unknown, yet she tolerates my curiosity because (laughs) it has yet to kill me. (laughs) So, yet. Now, my apartment is a duplex. For those who don't know what a duplex is, it's two apartments that share a wall. As you can guess, it's not very big. Two bedrooms, one bath, maybe 800 square feet. When you walk in the door, you immediately enter the living room space. To the left of the entrance past the living room is the kitchen, which has the back door on the back left side of the kitchen. Um, If instead of left you went right from the entrance you would end up in sort of an intersection of rooms straight ahead would be the bathroom and then to the right would be both of the bedrooms and the left would be the office and right would be our bedroom i hope that paragraph made any lick of sense to anyone adh3 brains go wild sometimes i understand that so the mimic uh, apartment 31 that was just to explain what his apartment looked like but I cannot tell you the exact date when it started, but I can tell you that it was fleeting glances. I opened the fridge and saw my wife walk by. I said something along the lines of, hey, babe, only to be met with silence. When I turned around, she wasn't there. I shrugged it off and thought that she must have been in a hurry to get back to our daughter. At another point, I was in the shower. I heard my wife yell my name, not in a help I'm dying manner, but in a more of a where is X, Y, or Z. I stepped out of the shower and opened the door and asked what she needed, but she walked into the living room and looked at me as if my face was green. I asked, what's up? What's wrong? My wife responded with the good old, I didn't call for you. Quit messing around. Uh Uh-oh. 
This may seem insignificant, but the name calling in each other's voices happened on a semi-regular basis. Mm-hmm. Along with the infamous, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Along with the infamous triple knocks on the door, JT. Oh triple no, knocks. triple knocks. Anyways, things being knocked over and thrown, the footsteps outside the windows, only for no one to be anywhere when I would check. And then another part of apartment 31. The toy doesn't like where uh, like it when we fight. Oh, oh, uh-oh. Apparently, you need to move out of apartment 31. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> She's your friend. No, she isn't. I, I was Elise. <laughs> Ooh, I hate the dolls. I ha- I feel that's why I put them behind you. I know. I hate that, Jay. <laughs> like literally, I feel her staring into the back of my head, and it's really hard to focus because I just feel this creepy doll in the back of my head. Thank you very much. Okay, so we're gonna talk about the doy uh, the the doy the, the toy to- the doy that doesn't like to. Fight. No, the toy that doesn't like it when we fight. Uh, we're going to read this one, and then we'll save the rest of Lorenzo's ghost stories for another ghost mail. Mm-hmm. But the missus and I do not proclaim to have a perfect relationship. As per every relationship, there will be arguments. One will say something that do- they don't mean, and the other will respond defensively. It's not a couple's proudest moment. But the healing and bonding that hopefully happens after is beautiful. Very true. You're very right. No, Everybody fights. No big deal. My mother gave my daughter one of those toy cars that a kid can sit in. It was old, but still worked, and my daughter loved it. One-year-olds tend to like any toy that'll make noise and annoy an adult. (laughs) As most toys end up, the car was forgotten about outside. During a dispute, we were stopped dead in our tracks by some familiar melodies. The melody ceased as soon as we did, and the second that one of us made a sound, so would the melody. Curious to find out what it could be, I investigated. Man, I would be dead so many times over in a movie. (laughs) (laughs) To my dismay, outside the front door was the the toy car. Lights on and the melody cheerfully beeping along, which is frightening because that toy has been out there for months or all press uh, through all sorts of Midwestern weather. I went outside, pressed the buttons, and nothing, no matter how hard I pressed, how many I pressed, it wouldn't make a peep. Dead battery, probably creepy as heck, definitely. Um, That toy has not made a single noise in the weeks that had been out there. The toy was bone dry in all, all. even if it was a coincidence, at least it stopped our argument. (laughs) So with that... Thank you guys so much for sending in your ghost mail and liver. And so those are so fun and I can't wait to read the rest of the stories because yes. they are just, you just have a very comical way of writing it and really presenting does. the story. So, and you should definitely write more of them if Absolutely. you have them. Yes, um, yes, yes. But yes, if you have a ghost mail story that you would like to send to us, please send those in. We really appreciate them. Um, you can send it to ghostmail at hauntedcitypodcast.com. Also, TikTok took away the Q&A button. What? I know. I know. So if you have a question that you want to ask us, Ghostmail is going to be the place to do all of the things. Um, But do make sure to preface if it's a Ghostmail or a QA and a question to make it a little bit easier on me to decipher between the two. Um, So yeah, just in the subject, put question or Ghostmail and then whatever you want to title it from there is good to go. But yes, please send those in. We absolutely love reading them. And the listeners, the para-junkies, they all enjoy hearing y'all's experiences as well it makes it feel like a very nice paranormal community if you will mm-hmm. so uh but with that though thank you guys again for listening i hope you enjoyed today's episode and my name is madison timmons i'm chris susie and stay spooky y'all <laughs>